Let's try to keep this as no nonsense as possible. No, no dude. This is this Let's is get right to it. It's all nonsensical. Is this really happening right now, Bobby? What What are you talking about? Just like life in general. Is this all real? Oh, that's a great question. It's a great question. I, I'm I contemplating all existence right uh-huh, now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All of existence. I just don't know. That's a little foreshadow for the film that we'll be reviewing later on in the episode. This is episode 20, tw- 22? Something like that. Yeah. I think 22. Some people are listening. Some people are listening to our show, to our podcast. We were just talking about NPR. Do you ever listen to NPR? Can you do a good NPR voice? I could do a fantastic NPR voice. Let me talk very slowly and That's more, I mean, it's similar, but that's more... Give me uh, some news to read. Jazz DJ. I could do... Will you do a jazz DJ? Up next is Charles Mingus with his... <laughs> I don't know any fucking jazz songs. Yeah, with, uh, with Abbey Road. Abbey Road, as performed originally by the Beatles... That's not even a Beatles song. It's an album. There's not a song called Abbey Road? Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> maybe I, I don't think so, but that's my bad. Anyway, what's going on? Not much, Bobby. We're just doing some... Uh, here, let me do it. A former refugee reflects on the Vietnam War and starting over in the U.S. I could totally be on NPR. Yeah. Totally. That was good. That was good, right? Yeah, yeah. That was good. So I, I talk to people on the phones at work, right? And, yeah. Is and that the, the voice you use? No, no. I actually talk like this on the phone. I talk really upbeat and happy. And, and when people like ever see me like or happen to, I, like the three times anybody I've ever talked to on the phone saw me, they're like, I did not think that's what you look like. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I know you didn't. <laughs> if that voice was to be played in a movie, it would be John Candy. Right, right, right. It does not look like me. You're just like some nerdy guy like... But anyways, yeah, so uh, so NPR, it's it's people listen to that. I think that we're in direct competition with NPR. I mean, there's a lot of... We do the news. Yeah, we do do the news. We do the news. We do the news that matters. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's not all objective and shit. Right, 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 right. This is all biased. This is yeah. all the personal opinion of two drunken men. At least we own it. Yeah, exactly. I remember one time I heard Rush Limbaugh say, like, I'm not in the journalism business. I'm in the affirmation business. What's that even mean? That was a more of a, a Jimmy Stewart Rush Limbaugh, but I tried. You know, I haven't heard Rush Limbaugh in so long, I couldn't even do a proper impression. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never listened to that guy. Is he Republican? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, very I, much so. I don't pay attention. I like worship. Alex Jones when it comes to crazy right-wing media. Yeah, because he goes off on, he goes crazy with it. He's like pig people and it's shit. It's like pro wrestling now. It is. It really is. I love pro it's wrestling. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. I like to think that most people that listen to Alex Jones do it because... It's entertaining, not because, like... They think it's the news? Right. No, I think people actually think it's the news. Oh, I know people do. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'm, call me an optimist. I'll tell you about Alex Jones. Here's my, my, my run-in with Alex Jones. I never ran into the guy. 
But, uh, you know, I heard about him, and, and the first I'd heard about him was like the whole 9-11 is an inside job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you know what? I kind of think it is, because I don't know if it's an inside job, but there's something fishy about 9-11. Like, they didn't fucking, you know, that's a, that's a whole different kind but of podcast. But it's like newsflash. The government's not telling you everything. Right. What do you fucking expect? So I was like, maybe this guy's on the level. And you know what? I never listened to him. So it was just, I would hear chatter about Alex yeah. Jones. I'm like, okay, yeah, that guy, he, he thinks that the uh, the government's corrupt, and, uh, and 9-11 was a cover-up. I'm like, okay. At least he's asking the tough questions. And then, and then what, t- what turned me on Alex Jones was um, Machete came out. Remember Machete? Yes. Hey, fans. Hey, listeners. Uh, there's a fantastic movie called Machete. If you are to ever watch that movie, you will see me in the movie multiple times. I was an extra. This is all true. It's all true. You want to tell your De Niro story? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a featured extra. I didn't have any lines, but I was show- my face is shown multiple times. At one time, you see my ass in corduroy pants. So, when I was on the... Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish the Alex Jones story first. We're going like a story within a story within yeah. a story. There's something... And this is not Adam's Corner. This is something. Is this real? I don't know if it's real Is this or not. real right now? So, uh, anywho, Alex Jones, any hizzle, he starts talking about the movie Machete. And I heard about it. I read the headline because I was looking at anything with Machete because I was an extra in it. And uh, mach- <laughs> he's like, Machete is going to cause a race war. Like, this is just going to start, it's going to raise the Hispanics up against the people because they're, they're vilifying Hispanics and they're making the Hispanics look like, like they're, just, they're just mongrels. And the Hispanics aren't going to take it anymore and they're going to come out and they're going to start killing people. Is this a direct quote? Uh, no, I don't know. It was right. fucking years ago, but it was something along those lines. And I was like, dude, are you fucking serious? Like, when I was in Machete, I played uh, one of Don Johnson's um, racist militia. Okay, so I look like a militia man. And, and they had a lot of extras in this movie. And the, the extras, the, the entirety of the extras were Don Johnson's militiamen or uh, Mexican day laborers. The movie ends with a huge fight between the militia and the day laborers. Right. It's amazing. So us militiamen were hanging out with the day laborers the whole time. I mean, we were all sitting in a tent while they were filming for like 10 hours a day in 109 degree weather in 2009 in Texas. Mm-hmm. And there was no, there was no vibe of race war going on, right. Whatsoever. I was just about to say, Machete is one of those movies that brings the Mexican American and Mexican, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and whites together, right. In its awesomeness. In its awesomeness. And I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a huge Robert Rodriguez fan. Oh fuck you, Bobby. That movie is really great. Fucking watch Desperado, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fine. No, it's not fine, motherfucker. It's great. Okay. Desperado was badass. We can debate that trilogy later. So once... Uh, <laughs> I want to hear the De Niro story. Okay, okay. So anyways, once Alex Jones said that, I was like, this dude's a fucking crackpot warmonger. He's just trying to stir a pot. Fuck that dude in his face with a fucking chainsaw. Um, so while I'm on the set of Machete, uh, really hot time. This was... Uh, I had just moved to Texas from Florida. It was uh, 2009. It was my first like full year here. It's actually within the first couple of months. And um, I had seen at a Mexican restaurant, my favorite little uh, like gas station, like sh- like a you know gas station shop restaurant I used to eat at, used to frequent. They had a little sign up for Machete, and they had a picture of Machete, and I knew Machete because in 2007, Death Proof came out in Grindhouse, and Grindhouse was a movie that I went and saw in the theater like five times mm-hmm. because I had never seen a double feature before. I had never really seen two movies played at once, and then the fake trailers in between Machete and the one that fucking Edgar Wright made, and there's a bunch of those little trailers were fucking amazing. Hobo with a Shotgun actually was spawned from that, too, because there was a contest to make your own fake trailer, so we made Hobo with a Shotgun, which it took me years to get you to watch that either, you piece of shit. It was all right. It was, fuck you, Bobby. (laughs) 
And anyway, so I see Machete. I'm like, I got to try out for this. So I go in for the tryouts. They give me the role as an extra. My ex was in it. Uh, Ruben, our buddy Ruben uh, from the Belgraves was in it. And um, so we get in the movie and, it, and I got like seven days worth of filming. It was basically 10 hours a day, 100 degree weather. This was like the hottest. Like this summer in Texas in 2009, it was like 90 days over 100 degrees in Were a row. you not working a job at this point? Yeah, I was, but they were cool with it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, dude, I'm being a fucking movie. Chill out. And they're like, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck you. So uh, one day they're filming and they needed, uh, and, and basically when you're an extra in a movie and it's like this situation, there's like 50 laborers, 50, 50 uh, militia guys. Like They're like, we need 10. And so everybody just runs, like tries to get up front right. to get picked to get in the scene because that's why you're fucking there. Right. But most of the people end up sitting around waiting all day, eating the fucking shitty food they gave us for free, which was, was shitty and good. because it was Does free. it attract a lot of weird people? I mean, I was there. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I've always wondered about that. I'm like, who has, who tries to be an extra? I, I still, I still talk to a couple people from there. I think I feel, I feel like I know someone that was an extra in Batman from 1989. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so, uh, so the first day of of filming at Troublemaker Studios in Austin, Texas, um, I got picked to be one of the guys. I was like, cool. And so the uh, the wrangler, like the extra wrangler, at one point is like, hey, I need a smoke. And me and this other guy. Quick on the draw, bam, bam, both pulled out our cigarettes right off the bat, gave him a cigarette. He took one from each, the fucking cocksucker. Mm -hmm. He's like, you two, come with me. So he pulled us over because we were the quickest on the draw, apparently. Right. I don't know if it was a test or if he just really wanted two cigarettes. Um, and he's like, you two are working this gate. So you're going to stand out here in the sun. You're going to open this gate 20 times over an hour while they're shooting. And nice. I was like, cool, cool. So we got to be the gate guys. And there were other militia dudes running around. So after an hour, hour and a half of that... Um, it was 20 takes of you guys just opening a gate. I might be exaggerating. I'm just curious because I'm curious about how that process works. Yeah, there was works. a few. It was like 5, like, 10 easily. Weird B-roll like that. It's just like, yeah. anyway. Anyway, so they uh, they take us aside and we're doing the gate. And then like later on, it was like, it was a scene of a taxi driving into Don Johnson's militia. So right. we watched Machete, the scene with the taxi driving in. I'm one of the guys at the gate. Um, so later on, after they're done filming that infinite times, they're like, okay, um, here's here's Don Johnson. Here's Robert De Niro. Yeah, Robert. Did you fucking, know this was coming at all? I mean, I knew he was in the movie. But I'd did you know it. you were about to be in a scene with him? No, no, not at all. I just thought I was lucky enough to be the gate guy. Well, the fucking extra wrangler came and grabbed the two gate guys and said, you two are going to grab Robert De Niro and drag him off scene. Now, did you have to sign anything before and like, don't look De Niro in the eye no, no, or no. like any of that shit? Like... Don't mm -mm. geek out or no, harass the, the real celebrities in this movie? Don, no, no. I, I geeked out the most uh -huh. personally seeing Don Johnson. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I'm standing next to Robert De Niro. I'm like, that's, that's Don Johnson over there. That's, that's Crockett. Crockett's yeah. right there. Yeah. Just for, I don't know. I don't even like Miami Vice, but he's just such a fucking cornball. A boy and his dog. Yeah. It's fucking Don Johnson. But De Niro's pretty fucking awesome. That's legendary. Yeah. He's a short guy. So uh, me and this other dude, Jason, ended up being the two militia guys that were dragging Robert De Niro off to his death. And uh, so we spent like an hour through the day, like grabbing Robert De Niro and dragging him away. Now, again, I told you it was ridiculously hot. Like De Niro had this lady walking around behind him with a big black umbrella mm -hmm. to keep the sun off of him. That's fuck you money right there. That's fuck you money. And also, oh, it gets even better. This huge outdoor air conditioning thing that was on wheels and it had these huge like su those shiny metal tubes and they were just hosing the stars down with, yeah. uh, with air. Now, if you want to know who was really a prick that you couldn't even look at was Lindsay fucking Lohan. Oh yeah, she wasn't. She that. wasn't that, and they, she wouldn't. There was one scene she was filming, and they're like, "Okay, cast crew, everybody has to turn around and not look at Miss Lohan while she films her scene." And I was like, "Are you fucking shitting me?" Oh man, me? that's not surprising at Are all. You shitting me. So, anyways, De Niro. 
I'm there with De Niro, and he's like, listen, guys, just grab me really hard. You know, make, make me feel it. You know, make sure you mean it. I'm like, sure, dude. I'll fucking, I'll grab you around, dude. I'll grab you wherever you want, big boy. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. I will caress your frail old De Niro he's, body. He's a little guy. Um, so I was, uh, I was one of those guys. And, and look, I've, I've, I've always called Robert De Niro Bobby D. Mm-hmm. I've always just referred to him as Bobby D. And I lived in Florida for 10 years. A lot of Italians out there, right? I know a lot of Italians. If any of my Italian friends are listening, you fucking bastards, I fucking love yous. So uh, my friend Stevie D, right, he'd always get mad at me for calling De Niro Bobby D. He's just like, you have some fucking respect. That guy is the fucking man. His name is Robert De Niro. You don't call him Bobby. You don't call him Bobby D. Oh, yeah, because he's Italian. Right. And so I'm standing there with Robert De Niro, and I'm like, this is going to be my only chance to ever do this ever. So I say, Mr. De Niro, um, I have a question. Do uh, do people call you Bobby? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friends call me Bobby. I was like, Okay, okay. Um, can can I call you Bobby? And he looks at me and says, Absolutely not. And I'm like, Okay, okay. Straight face, straight face. Robert De Niro face. I'm like, Okay, no problem, sir. And he's like, oh, I'm just kidding with you. It's fine. That is so amazing. And I'm like, Okay, Mr. De Niro, I'm gonna stand here and I'll grab you really hard because you want me to. Did you guys kind of share a laugh? I mean, yeah, he chuckled. I was like kind of mortified. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you just fucking, you just good fella stared me. I've told that story to people that don't even know you before. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so amazing. There's another story I forgot about on set when uh, when Lindsay Lohan, it was that Lindsay Lohan day, right? Mm-hmm. And we were walking by and uh, <laughs> she was in her trailer and I was just with like a group of extras and she said something. She didn't say something. She was over there and we were just talking shit. And I was like, oh yeah, Lohan's off binging and purging somewhere. And she heard Damn. it, and she looked over, and we just all kept walking forward. Oh, my God. <laughs> she looked like Skeletor, dude. That's terrible. She was in a leotard, right? And she saw Lindsay Lohan in a leotard. And I guess this was her big Coke days. She looked like a fucking emasculated... She looked like a skeleton like in a leotard. Yeah, she's not an attractive She was kind of cute in Mean Girls, which is well, weird yeah. to say because she was incredibly young. But she had some meat on no, her No, I bones. think they were at least 20 or so in that movie. Yes, at least so that's okay. At least twenty. I'm or a something. big fan of Lacey Chambert from that movie. I don't know what the fuck that is. The little like Jewish girl in that in the in the Mean Girls. Lizzie Lizzie Kaplan, the girl from Party of Five with Scott Wolf. What the fuck? I don't know that. <laughs> I don't fucking know Party of Five with Scott Wolf or Matthew Fox. Wait, it was Matthew Fox in that? I think so. Oh, I just could, I remember no, that. I just, I just said Scott Wolf. And you said Matthew Fox. Right, foxes and wolves. Let's go to the news. It's <laughs> part of that sound effect is your disgruntled <laughs> exhale at the end of it. It's awful. That Bobby. is, uh, it's, <laughs> it's awful. Just get on with the fucking news already. It's fucking. Clear. I forgot what the news even was. You son of a bitch. Um. The, oh. The, 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 here's here's what I wanted to talk about. Let's hear it. This isn't really news, but it'll segue into the news. Don't worry. Wait, I thought this was the news. On Friday night, uh-huh. I watched uh, Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day. A Blumhouse film that came out last year. Is it not Blumhouse? 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 I don't know. Ghost House? I don't know. Um, but I was... The guy makes good movies. Shockingly. Well, it yeah. I mean, the studio is decent. It doesn't... It- it's it's not all good. I mean, it's not all good, but they make they they make shoestring budget fucking great movies that make money. I think they're starting to get a new budget though. 
But I mean, the, but they get they, out. Get out is like nominated for best, right? Picture. And what I'm saying is, get out had like a two million dollar budget. Like that movie is the example. Oh. I read the article about it. Like really, that movie they they have they have like a whole system with with Bloomhouse or Ghost House or whatever where they don't put a ton of money into it. They do some with the advertising and shit, but they're not like huge budget movies, right? But they get good directors, good writers. They're well acted and shit, you know. And they're just cranking out these movies and they're successful. They're making money on it, which is good because it means they make fucking more. Right. Right. So anyways. No. So it's, but they make quality is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Because Happy Death Day, if you don't know, is about a girl in college that wakes up and it's, dies every single day. So which, it's like Groundhog's Day? It's exactly like Groundhog's Day, only it's a like a college kind of horror slasher. Oh, I, I remember seeing the commercial. But thought, it's like, I gotta watch that. it's surprisingly sh- smart. I like, because the whole, you know how when you watch a movie where you're like, the concept of this on paper seems really good, but like it's missing something. It doesn't like push it. Right. This is the exact opposite. So it's like, I'm expecting absolutely nothing because it's like, it looks like kind of a throwaway college horror movie. Sure. But like it has that like extra push. We're like, Oh my God, this is a fucking great movie. Example, Mm -hmm. Jessica Roth, who's the main girl in this movie. Uh Is she hot? She's fucking awesome in it. Right. There's an actual arc to her character. Okay. Um, there was to Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day as well. Absolutely. There's um, there's a lot of lines in this movie which could be very, very, very cringy if it was coming from someone else. Mm-hmm. But everyone in this movie totally pulls it off because it sounds kind of like bad humor or bad like teenage horror quips. Right. But it's like done really fucking well. Hmm. Like I'm excited about this movie because I expected nothing. Right, from it. right, right. So now I'm gonna watch it with expectations, guys. So. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, fans. But um, Blumhouse. Let's talk about Blumhouse for a let's second. Let's talk about him. John Carpenter and old Jason Blum. Is that his name? I don't know. They started recently. Why don't you fucking Google it? Getting together about uh, the new Halloween. Oh, really? With Jamie Lee. Oh, really? Did you know Blumhouse is putting that one out? I didn't know that. How do we feel about this? I mean, I feel like I like John Carpenter's involvement. I like the Halloween franchise, especially under John Carpenter and or Rob Zombie's hands. Right. We've uh, had this conversation. <laughs> I, uh, my only, uh, my only like, kind of holdback thing is the fact that it's Kenny Powers. But I can't really hate on Kenny Powers because I fucking love everything Kenny Powers is in. Yep. What's his name? Um, Danny McBride. <laughs> that's him. That's him. Kenny fucking you, you're fucking out. He does whenever I see him, I think Kenny Powers. Did like you it, see the new commercials where he's basically Ricky Bobby and drinking Mountain Dew? No, but he's in that terrible looks terrible uh Crocodile Dundee remake. What? <laughs> yeah. Are you fucking serious? No, I, I'm not kidding. That should be the news. That's a fucking real thing. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, the only thing that's come out for it is like a really quick like 15 second promo. Danny McBride is Crocodile Dundee. Well, he's the son of Crocodile. It's a sequel. Oh no! What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't hear about this? Oh, no, son yeah. Of here's, here's what I've here's what I've gathered about it. Here's what I've gathered about it. It's his son that was born and raised in the states, right. but he like goes back to all like he's not Australian. Is he's Paul Danny Hogan? Right. I think Paul Hogan's Paul dead. Ho- is is he? I don't know. No, you're thinking of the crocodile hunter. <laughs> the two Australians we know. Oh no! Wait, wait. No, you're, no, thinking you're thinking of, of yeah. Uh, who's serious? <laughs> I think he is dead. Young Einstein. I don't know. I'm looking at Paul Hogan right now. Anyways, I'm sorry. Young, serious. I think Paul Hogan's dead. No, he's not dead. He's 78. Okay. Well, that's old. (laughs) He's basically dead. Right. Upcoming projects. That's not my dog. That's his upcoming project. Yeah, I know. 
Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go so ahead. I don't know if he's in that. All I know is that it's the son of Crocodile Dundee, who was an American, and he like goes to Australia, and it's it's a Crocodile Dundee reboot. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. This is some organic news because I didn't even think we were going to be talking about this. <laughs> so Danny McBride is not only re- reinvigorating the Halloween franchise, he is also kickstarting the renewal of Crocodile Dundee. And he did Alien as well. Thanks, Danny. Well, he didn't do it. He was in it. Thanks, Jimmy Franco, for fucking being in everything. I bet James Franco dies in Halloween and is the fucking oddball Canadian, uh, fucking Australian in Crocodile Dundee the third that's a good prediction actually i would not be surprised if james franco is not in these movies oh fuck that's so disheartening whatever you love james franco i like some of his movies i don't like seeing him everywhere he was good you know who did that seth rogan did that now i can't stand to look at the guy ben stiller Owen wilson did that and now i'm okay with him now i got over it we have totally digressed from the anyway here's here's um here's some news Uh uh-huh um I mean, it's not as cool as talking about uh, <laughs> Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee, Dundee. And Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers is Crocodile Dundee. But have you heard this movie Winchester that just came out? Yeah, I heard about that. Here's why I'm more interested in seeing it now. Okay. It's not being well received. It has a 9% from critics. Wow. And it has a 45% from users. Uh, fresh Rotten Tomatoes. Sounds shitty. Yeah, but that gap is pretty fucking huge. Yeah, especially... I mean, it's good that the uh, the the higher end of the gap isn't even over 50%. It must be good. That's not what I'm pointing out, Is though. this a Blumhouse movie? I don't think so. Okay. Does it have Dame Helen Mirren? Yes. Is she a dame? Yes, she's a dame. What are you talking about? Oh, here's the other reason why I want to see this movie. It's about the fucking Winchester house. It's about the Winchester... Tell me about the Winchester house. The Winchester house. So Winchester rifles, they go back a long way. People used them in the 1800s. I think it was the first repeating rifle. I think that man made a lot of money because of that. Well, any hoozle, you cut a a couple generations down the road. That fella's granddaughter, maybe she had mental problems, but she felt that, that her whole bloodline was cursed by the blood spilled by the rifles made by her grandpappy. And so whatever it was, there were ghosts in her head, and they told her to build, build, build. You got all this money, build this giant mansion, and never stop building it so they built this mansion and i don't know who came up with the blueprints it might have been blind guy it might have been somebody on acid maybe it was just her with the ghost talking in her head but there's doorways that open to nothing there's stairways that go right into ceilings it's like this weird crazy mystery house that really has no rhyme or reason to it unless you're walking through parallel dimensions while you're in the house which i'm not going to rule that out I'm not going to rule that out. and it is said to be haunted yeah yeah that's there you go the gist pretty solid um Inspired by true events, sounding premise for a horror movie. I didn't right? make any of that up. That's no, you, all no, 100% I know. Accurate, I know. Yeah. I'm glad you knew. You knew way more about it than I did. And I've known it for years. Yeah. So I don't know. It's an. Here's my thing. Okay. It's an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Um, it the the gap between the user fresh and uh, critics rotten is like pretty big, which makes me makes my spider senses go off. Right. It's tingling and, and tingle. It was directed by the Spyric Brothers. Who did oh, the Spyrics. Spyric Brothers or something. I don't They're, know. They did fucking Daybreakers with yeah. Willem Dafoe and Ethan Hawke. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. That's an underrated. It's an underrated un- gem <laughs> from 2000. It's up there. I saw that like the same year as Doomsday. I was like, how are these movies not huge right, right now? Right, right. How are they not huge? Because not everybody's us, Bobby. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> It looks all the time. Uh, 
So Winchester. Yeah, Winchester. I think I'm going to check it out. Like, I'm at least curious about I'm it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch Winchester. I mean, because it's about the Winchester house. I mean, I hope it shows her like either crazy or haunted. And I've always been interested in that because it just weirds me out. Like mystery spots and like, like I know you love Bigfoot. Like I'm more of a ghost guy, like the paranormal. And, oh, I like that too. And that shit, like it just, it intrigues me because I think that like, you know, I mean, reality, we only have five senses to input reality in a supercomputer, which is a brain to process it. And there's things we don't see or smell or touch or feel or understand that are happening right now that we have no idea of happening, you know? So we can't fucking judge anything out. You know what I'm saying? When you were saying all that, the music from Existence started playing in my head. Uh-huh. Is this real right now? I don't know if it's real. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know if I real. really don't know. I like how our foreshadowing in this episode is basically a fucking spoiler. <laughs> all I know, Bobby, is I've been telling you to watch this fucking movie for since we started when when we started this podcast one of the first things i thought is we need to watch fucking existence yeah do you want to go to adam's corner before we talk about existence sure sure sure, sure. let's go to adam's corner let's go to adam's corner that has a theme jingle it always has so my adam's corner is gonna be very short and to the point um this is a public service announcement so we talk about technology in our world nowadays and how it can be detrimental to your health and your life. And that goes so far as perhaps the, um, the radio emissions uh, that come out of your phone, sleeping next to your head could cause your brain to deteriorate. I read something about that. It was a Facebook headline. Um, it must could, be true. Right, right. It could be, you know, perhaps artificial intelligence um, taking over the world and enslaving, imprisoning, turning us into batteries and then eradicating all of humanity. But uh, but another thing that's a real big problem is like texting and driving. True. Texting and walking. Texting and trying to do anything else at the same time. So I was on a nature walk with my son the other night, my, my adorable, um, fantastic five-year-old son, King. He likes to go on nature walks through a little park by our house. And uh, I'm on the nature walk texting a woman, um, just, you know, going about my business, uh, being an asshole. And as I was walking through the woods, my face was nearly impaled by a low-hanging branch. It hit me. It cut me. You see my head, Bobby? Can you see that right there? Yes. Look closely. Through my see-through hair, there's a scrape on my head. And I was like, holy fuck, that hurts. And I looked up, and this was this, I'm sorry, and there's this like huge two-pronged like broken branch just pointing at my head. It was just pointing at my head. And I happened to walk by without looking because I was looking down at my phone and fucking texting. You know what I mean? My point, my Adam's Corner, my -hmm. public service announcement is this. Don't text and walk through the woods. You could lose an eye. I'm glad that was a short Adam's Corner. So I got a couple video games I want to talk about, Bobby. For one, this is kind of news, all right? They're making another Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes. Did you hear that? I heard it from your social media feeds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The studio. Why do they have to keep remaking what's already <laughs> perfect? The studio that uh, has brought us great hits such as, what, they make Minions? Mm-hmm. Despicable Me? Ugh. I know, some of those favorites. Sing with the animals singing? Mm-hmm. Singing karaoke animals? That studio has partnered up with Nintendo to produce a Super Mario Brothers animated movie. Yeah. Um, Pixar is to find scotch uh-huh. as that studio is to 
RC Cola. <laughs> no, no. Maybe J and B. <laughs> All right, maybe J and B. J and B is fantastic. It, it, is, it is whiskey. So anyways, but here's the thing. Shigeru Miyamoto, creator of Mario, right. is, is he's involved. He's executive producing. Oh, good. Yeah, maybe help writing the story. They're not going to do that whole John Leguizamo shit fest that they did before. That movie's great. I wouldn't be mad if they cast John Leguizamo as Luigi as a voice, you know? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, what if... Oh, so it is animated. Yeah, it's animated. Yeah, that I makes mean, sense. the fucking people made Minions, jackass. I'm, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're not paying I've been drinking all afternoon. Um, <laughs> Have you? Yeah, I was. I was. The first thing I thought of is like, what if they did that thing where they actually bring in at least some sort of like cameo voice from the original shitty one from '93? Yeah, let's, let's hope. Let's hope for. Uh, let's hope they reanimate Bob Hoskins like, to do fucking Mario. Oh, it's a me, a dead guy. It's like his biggest regret. <laughs> it's like my life's regret is Super Mario Brothers. Dude, if they could reanimate Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper. Hey, they did it with Peter Cushing. That movie would be baller. (laughs) That would be fucked up if it was just like basically a sequel to the original Super Mario Brothers, but it's all CG Bob Hoskins. (laughs) I would not let my son watch that. (laughs) He's incredibly excited about this. They moff Tarkin him through a whole movie. And have somebody talking a shitty Brooklyn accent. That's a, another British guy to talk in a Brooklyn accent as fucking Mario. Right, right, right. And Mario. They get uh they get uh, Ian uh Ian Holm. Ian, Ian Holm. <laughs> oh fucking Jesus. So look, I like video games. There's a video game I want to talk about. Like, well, that Mario was better than the original, but it was also very offensive and tasteless. I can't wait. I think it's gonna be good, Bobby. It could be shitty. It could be shitty. You know, whatever. But here's what I'm thinking, right? If it works and it makes money, we could get a sequel that has Wario in it, right? And then maybe we can have Zelda. And you could try out for Wario. I'm a Wario. Hey, by that point, because I'm going to get famous from this podcast, I might have a chance. What I really want... You're like what Mark Hamill is to the Joker as you are to Wario, I think. I think so. What I really want is um, a Metroid fucking movie mm-hmm. an animated metroid movie i could see that doing well as a cool like netflix series actually Dude, metroid's so fucking hardcore it's so hardcore it's there's like, not much of a mythology to metroid you, you can't hear the look i'm giving bobby right now he's there, but it, it's like samus in space killing mother brain like that's it no motherfucker there are space pirates, galactic empires. There is a, a fucking bioengineered species that was created to destroy this other horrible bioengineered species. But then the bad guys get their hands on that because they want to replicate it and just drain the life force of the fucking world. Like, no, dude, space pirates, they're like insectoid creatures. Oh, you don't even know. I haven't played it since like Super Metroid. I could go over and listen the whole, I could do a whole like ser- multi episode podcast series on the mythos of Metroid. Well, let's start a whole new podcast dedicated to that. That would be good. Another game I like that nobody's heard of is called No More Heroes. You ever heard of that? It's a game about this guy. You'd love this game, Bobby. You really would. It really calls to you. It's about this guy who like buys a lightsaber mm-hmm. off of um, eBay. It's a blade katana. They call it blade katanas. And so because he buys this, he's this asshole named Travis Touchdown. So he decides to go become an assassin. I can relate to this. Is oh, that what you said? Yeah, trust me. He's, he's an a, asshole. He's an asshole. So he runs around just hacking people up. For whatever reason, he's unnaturally good with this fucking beam katana. But what's great is how improper this game is. Like, as you're running around hacking people in half, gorily, and then they explode into coins, of course, which is awesome. Wonderful. You're like, asshole! Fuck face. Like you scream fuck faces people at people as you behead them. And this is a video game? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's it called? No More Heroes. It's on Nintendo. 
It was on the Nintendo Wii. And there's a new one coming wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Nintendo's putting out games with like curse words in it Yes. Now? This is one of the few like Nintendo. Dude, this has been since like 2000, like 2005 or something that the first one came out. This is an old game, dude. Remember the like Mortal Kombat uh, Nintendo yeah, they wouldn't even Wars? Was, Sega Genesis was sold because of Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. Violence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, Nintendo for a long time, they've let some games in there. Like they let this dude make, it's a guy named Suda51. Look him up. He makes all these weird video games. But anyways, they let him make really fucking gory for Nintendo. And there's a new one coming out on the Nintendo Switch this year. See, I brought to that because there's a new Metroid game coming out. There's a new No More Heroes coming out. Wolfenstein's coming out. Listen, people, buy a fucking Nintendo. Don't go buy anything by Pilgrimage or Antenna Studios. Stick with Nintendo because they won't warp your reality. You haven't plugged Nintendo in a while. Nintendo. You know what else we haven't plugged today? Hmm. Kurt fucking Russell. And... John Carpenter? Is it Pilger Productions? I don't know. He didn't send me the shit. We'll plug him next time. Uh, you you know, had your chance, Gabe. I texted you. You didn't text back. Yeah. Fuck you, Gabe. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kidding. You're still an archangel to me. Um, <laughs> so, anywho, listen. Nintendo is my god. If Disney ever bought Nintendo, they own they own everything else I love. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, they already own Marvel. They already own Star Wars. Like, my three main geek things are Marvel, Star Wars, and Nintendo. They've already ruined Marvel. They've already ruined Star Wars. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck no, you. I think they've made Marvel better. They've made Marvel better. They've made Marvel better. Star Wars, they're making Star Wars, which is more than we could say for not making Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, debatable. Anywho, anywho, let's move on to what we're here to talk about. So, probably. speaking of video games, mm-hmm. one little film that we watched tonight is... Existence. Big X, Big Z. A game designer on the run from assassins must play her latest virtual reality creation with a marketing trainee to determine if the game has been damaged. There's an intimacy involved in playing existence that is beyond description. They just pop your spine with a little hydro gun. Break out your cage, Michael. I haven't crippled anyone yet. Step into my office. Now I'm warning you. It's going to be a wild ride. The new millennium. This is amazing. Will bring a new experience. You're the power source. Let's see how natural it feels. Where the playing field is a parallel universe. The game's a lot more fun when it starts feeling realer than real. No use fighting it. I don't like it here. You think it's infected? It's not infected. It's just excited. I think we're still inside the game. We have enemies in our own house. I do feel the urge to kill someone here. Do it. It's just a game. Something's wrong. Oh, God. What happened? Let's come back here with us. You know what, Adam? What's that, Bobby? 
I think I might owe you something. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think you do. Time to swallow my pride a bit. This is not the first time this has happened, Bobby. That's not true. No, yeah, it is. It's not. We've known each other for a very long time. So Adam's been trying to get... If you're a regular listener of the show, you know this already, but Adam's been trying to get me to sit down and do an episode on existence. Mm -hmm. Not just that, just see the movie in general. Mm -hmm. And I've resisted this whole time out of a weird creative control power play yeah, strategy. Yeah, yeah. There's the same thing with Hobo with the Shotgun. And that was before <laughs> we even did fucking podcasts. This was like seven years ago. I'm like, watch Hobo with the Shotgun. No, I, I heard bad things. I'm like, motherfucker, that movie's amazing. Watch Hobo with the Shotgun. Your recommendations are very hit or miss. We've had this conversation What was before. a miss? Miss March. Miss March is hilarious. That's my boy. Yeah, it was okay. It was good. Dude, Susan Sarandon's daughter is so hot. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh-huh. I owe you an apology okay. for this one. Okay. I'll take it. Existence might, might, I got to sleep on it. Yeah. Might be my favorite David Cronenberg film. That's a big fucking statement, but it's up there, dude. It's way up it's there. It's way fucking up there. This movie is spectacularly, what it for what it is, for like what its intention is, it nails it. Now, we're going to, I should say it now, let me say it now. There's going to be spoilers, okay? And this mm-hmm. is one that we really hate to spoil because when you see it, it's so fucking, it's so good to see it all and just be like, whoa, you know? Now, there's a couple twists in this movie, though. Right. And one yeah. of them you kind of realize like halfway through the movie. You're anyway. like, is that what's happening? So we're going to go that far, but mm-hmm. that's not like the main spoiler, I would say. Does the that ending, make sense? The ending is so good. So, Existence, uh-huh. directed by David Cronenberg. Oh, oh Davy Crony. Starring Jude Law. And the super hot Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee, a.k.a. Elizabeth Shue 2.0. What? A.K.A. Elizabeth II. What? She reminds me of Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue reminds me of her. They're both beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're both beautiful. Right, 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 right. I see, I see them as different entities. Okay. I'm more of a Jennifer Jason Lee kind of guy, I think. So this movie has one of my favorite taglines I've ever seen on a movie poster. What this was is from it? 1999, okay? End of the century. It says... Makes the Matrix look like child's play. Yeah. Now, they use the term child's play in like the general sense. But I'm thinking Chucky. But, but when I first read it, I read Chucky. I thought to myself, wow, that's funny. It makes the Matrix look like a Chucky movie? Because you know what I've always said? What's that? Uh, that Puppet Master 4 uh-huh. makes child's play look like the Matrix. <laughs> I've heard you say that. It's a true statement. I, I always say you that. You say that all the time. That's what I always say. Yeah, and I'm like, why the fuck are you talking about Puppet Master 4 in regards to The Matrix? But then when you say it, it makes sense. That's going to be in my tombstone. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> this movie is bonkers. And look, I will say this. I saw this movie in the theaters. I saw it in 1999 when it came out. Same time The Matrix came out. I saw both of these movies within like a month of each other. And I remember walking out of both of these movies feeling like I was on drugs. Like I didn't know what was really happening in the world around me. Yes. And it was great. It was great. Personally, I always liked Existence better than The Matrix. Ooh, yeah, I would say so. The Matrix is amazing. It's a fucking fantastic movie. The sequels suck. The Animatrix animated series is fucking mind-blowingly badass. The Matrix has great visuals. It's a good story, especially for... A, it's, it's, like, it's like philosophy sci-fi for the masses. Right. And this movie that came out the same year, mm-hmm. Existence. Very is, close in time, too. Next than a month or two. It's like a really good, long, almost like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. If you like Black Mirror, you'll love Existence. Yeah. yeah, it totally is. It's like as if David Cronenberg designed a video game, but then decided to make a movie about that video game. Now, what it is, though. What is it? 
if you haven't seen Videodrome, go watch Videodrome. What yeah. are you doing? Listen to us. Yeah, I give yeah. you permission to turn this off and go watch Videodrome. Right. You should. David Cronenberg should have seen Videodrome. Film listen to this. Videodrome is his kind of '80s take on media and technology and yep. stuff. Weird sci-fi, king of body horror, as they call him. Yep. This is his '90s version of that. Yeah. It's like what Night of the Living Dead is to the '60s for Romero, as Dawn of the Dead is to the '70s. I wonder. I wonder if Cronenberg ever got around to doing something simpler, similar in the 2010s. I don't know. I don't know, but I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, 100. percent So it's not in a sequel, but it's kind of in that same. It's like vein. a spiritual successor. Adam. Yes. What is Existence about? Existence. Here's what it's about. So the movie starts. They're in a church, right? And they're doing like a focus group. They're doing the new showing for a brand new video game. And the person who made the video game is Allegra Geller. It's Jennifer Jason Lee. Jude Law's there. He's like a security guy or something. Anywho, this is this the the, the video game he, device. He's a PR guy he's, slash. He's like an intern. He's like an intern. They have fucking. Hey, you're a security guard today. He's a hey, trainee. Hey, hey you're is. bringing coffee today. Right. Do something. He's a jack of all shitty trades. So the video game system itself is this weird fleshy mass that sits in your lap. And there's, a, there's an umbilical cord that comes out of it. And you don't see where that umbilical cord goes in the first, first scene. But anyways, as she's on, this, on stage with like 15 people, like logging them into the game to start playing this weird virtual reality game that she's created, some dude gets out of the crowd with a gun made out of bones and is like, death to the demoness Allegra Geller, and fucking shoots her. Now let's break down this. Let's, uh, un- let's unpack it. Unpack this okay. box of movie. One of the first things I noticed, which I love about it, uh-huh. is these people for this seminar on a video game are gathering in a church, right? Which is brilliant, right? Brilliant choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you come, you gather with the community to transcend existence. Existence. It's Cronenberg's a genius. God, it's so fucking genius. Cronenberg is okay. a genius. Um, the sales pitch to play this game is I. I'm like, I want to play. You right. know. And Christopher Eccleston, one of the Doctor Who's, was the guy who was a sales pitcher. Yes, and he was not very good in this movie. It was, <laughs> it was great. But, I, but there's a reason why. Yeah, I know it's so good. I just realized that as you just said that. Right. Oh. Right. Anyway, it all makes sense. Um. So the controllers. Yeah. The controllers are like you said, like an umbilical cord with. It almost kind of looks like a more. Uh, like smoothed out version of a face hugger from Alien yeah. in a way, kind of reminiscent of that. You sit it in your lap. That's the whole game. And you console. literally like put it in your lap, and it makes like blowjobby sounds mm-hmm. or suckling. There's a lot of like like baby symbolism too, like uh, the fucking umbilical cord and like the suckling sounds. But it's also very sexual too. It's very, very, very visually uh, uh, jarring. It's David Cronenberg. And what I love about this movie is made at the end of the 90s, so it's all practical. It's like they made these weird little vibrating fleshy mounds mm-hmm. that they would use in the film. Right. So what happens after that? So she gets shot, and then uh, everybody freaks out. And then and Ted Peichel, Jude Law's character, the trainee, is like, look, we got to get you out of here. There's a crazy person. Let's go. So they grab her, and they start running off, and they drive off. And Allegra is like, everybody's trying to kill me. She's like, we got to get out of here. And the phone rings. So uh, so Ted, Jude Law, pulls his phone out of his pocket, and it's like this weird pink fleshy dildo thing. He's like, they're right. calling me on the pink phone. And he hits it, and it starts glowing. And she's like, no, and grabs it and throws it out the window. He's like, they're all tracking me. The uh, Samsung S dildo edition. So it's, it really feels... It's all veiny. It really feels like the first level of a video game. That's really how it feels at the beginning of the movie. Right. And, and that scene alone... 
Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just get into it. Spoilers, okay? We can't talk about this spoilers. movie without first spoiler at least. Okay. Um, it was this scene in which I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, this movie kind of looks like shit. Yeah. It kind of looks terrible. The acting's kind of bad. The acting's kind of like off and hammed up and wooden. They're very mm-hmm. wooden characters. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's bad performances in this, because it's quite the opposite taking that into consideration. The reason why, okay, spoilers. Spoilers. The whole, every layer of existence in this film, when they plug into the game or whatever, is just a new frequency within the video game it's another level or another or another like world within the video game right video game within a video it's like inception only inceptions like this and this is better yeah yeah it's like inception but inception stole this idea from existence instead of dreams it's a video game thing. right it's like 15 years before inception i love inception but it it is anyway it was all right inception was okay so everything's looking artificial and i don't know at this point that this is a video game right and you're like, why are they like, acting so they're, bad? They're like driving this weird old like European SUV, and like there's like this weird green or green screen of like blue background, and it just kind of chugs. It looks like a sitcom. You basically. can tell that it's like just shittily fucking made like that. Like, and that's the thing. Like with the technology then, with David Cronenberg making a movie, like it would have been them driving down the street. But it's all done for reason, for a reason, <laughs> for a fucking reason. Yeah. Because again, like every layer of existence in this film is is within the game. Right, you just don't know it yet. You just don't know it yet. Sorry for the spoilers. Spoiler, um, you would realize it if you're fairly smart by this point, right? Maybe anyway, it, you know, and the thing about this too, a vibe that it gives me is something that was done similarly done in Starship Troopers. I fucking love Starship Troopers. Right, Starship Troopers is one of my favorite sci-fi movies. The special effects still hold up, by the way. Thank you, Paul Verhoeven, for being a badass. But it just like Starship Troopers is like a propaganda film. And the acting's all fucking hammy and wooden, and the, the set design looks badass. I mean, that movie looks badass, but it's all like just cheesy melodrama. Right, it's done on purpose. And and I want to say, and I was telling you this earlier, I want to say like even like Cronenberg stuff, like um, a history of violence. Right. it's based on a graphic novel, so it's super melodramatic. Yep, or it's it's played out the way characters would play out in a graphic novel. Right. Um. So this is like his video game interpretation of that effect if that makes sense yeah, this, yeah this wooden acting versus this melodramatic graphic novel situation but like um i literally have in my notes mm-hmm. before i realized that they're acting very wooden because they're characters in a game mm-hmm. um i wrote in my notes <laughs> is jude law even a good actor <laughs> it was all done on purpose Oh my God! The attention to detail. Anyway, continue. Anyway, so they're they're driving around, right? And she's like, "We got to go somewhere. We got to test out my my game pod because we were in the middle of an upload into twelve people, and uh, and we had to get turned off. She was forcibly pulled from me. So we got to go check her out. I need somebody else to play this game with me." And he's like, "Well, I'm not equipped to play the game." And she's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Cause I don't have a fucking bioport." Now, what's a Bioport, people, you might ask? This is how people play the video game in this game world. They insert another butthole into the back of your spine that you plug an umbilical cord from a video game into. It's very sexual. Very sexual. And when... So this guy, uh, Jude Law's character... Uh, Ted Peichel. There's a scene where she's realizing that he doesn't actually have a Bioport installed, even though he works in the industry. How bizarre. Why would that be? But this scene in the hotel room is like, it's almost reminiscent of like 
oh, you're a virgin. Like, you know that whole, like, he's, like, ashamed, but yeah. he's, like, still justifying yeah. it. It's like, you know, I've just, like, I've never been, like, I've always been afraid of, like, penetrating into my body. Shit like that. Yeah, the verbiage, right? too. Yeah, yeah. And then they go to, they're like, well, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll play with you. She convinces him to go in the game with him, right? Uh, she's like, like, okay, I'll get the bioport. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? Just go to the nearest country gas station? Boom. Cut to a fucking gas station, literally called Country Gas Station. <laughs> yeah. And Who's working at the gas station? Willem Dafoe's character <laughs> is the gas ma- man mechanic dude. His name is literally Gas. gas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fucking yes. And Willem Dafoe is just over the top weird ass Willem Dafoe in this movie he has some lines where he's talking about how he loves Allegra Geller's games so much and they have to coax it out of him that like hey you, we know that you can fucking plug a butthole into somebody's spine right now with right. the bioports, right? He's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, oh, I know. And he realizes who she is and he's like, oh my goodness, like you're Allegra Geller, you're the hero and so he goes to, uh, to put this bioport in Jude Law's back right and then that was an experience there, huh? Yeah, to get fitted for one of these bioports or get one installed, they literally penetrate your backside. Might as well be your asshole, but it's a little above. Because, it's a couple inches. It's where your tramp stamp. You know, would they go, wanted lady. to keep it kind of. Ladies, subtle. you'd have a butthole in your tramp stamp. Like uh, this weird bio second butthole that can get infected, uh-huh. and the dude literally puts. Like what looks like a can of WD forty to like lube him up, or she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. WD forty, yeah. WD forties it <laughs> to lube it up to, uh-huh. before she puts the weird umbilical cord. <laughs> and there's then there's the line: the swelling doesn't last for long. Tomorrow you won't even notice it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. God. Damn, this movie kicks ass. <laughs> it kicks so much ass. So they go in there, and he's getting fitted for the bioport, and he puts it in him. And then uh, they're like, okay. And now Allegra Geller very much seems like she's addicted to this game. It's, it's more like, it's like an addiction type thing. Yeah. She's like, I have to be jacked in. Yeah. Like, reality sucks. Let me get in my game. And at this point, you haven't seen in-game yet. Well, you have, but you didn't know it. So anyways, they plug in. She's like, oh, you're still crippled in the chair because of the uh, epidural that the uh, thing gave you. But let's just jack you in right now. <laughs> so, they, so they plug into the thing, and her biopod, her little fucking console, starts freaking out and sizzles out. And she gets all mad at him, like, you fucked it up. You broke it, because he'd never done the game before. Right. Turns out it wasn't him. Turns out Willem Dafoe had put a faulty bioport, faulty butthole, in Jude Law's back. And it was intentionally there to fuck up the game. Right. And then he's like, Willem Dafoe's like, well, it's all over the countryside that you're on the run, and we need to kill you. Like, all over the countryside? Like, that's just so weird. Yeah, the... When you realize that they're inside of a video game, you start to notice that the the characters, the dialogue of the characters, I know we said they were wooden, but it, it really is things that like a, an extra character in like Pokemon or like Final Fantasy, yeah. when you stop at uh, off at the gas station. Random NPCs. Right. Exactly. Just pre, um, pre-written dialogue. like does, And that's what makes it so creepy is that the characters are so wooden. There's something off about all of them. Right. It's almost like a um, caricature version of like uh, the uh, Uncanny Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost that. like that. It's really... Oh, fuck. It's brilliant. Anyway. Anyway, so, uh, so Willem Dafoe, he fucked up her, uh, her game. He was, uh, he was about to kill her. He's like, you're going to die, you know? And she's like, didn't I change your life with my games? He's like, yeah. But a lot of money will change my life too. 
And so he pulls the hammer back to shoot Allegra Geller. Bam! Neck gets, neck gets blown out. Uh-huh. Jude Law shot him with the butthole implanter mm-hmm. from across the room. It kind of looks like that uh, Javier Bardem thing. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. It was on No Country for Old Men. The cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, friendo. I really want one of those. So, uh, so there's the end of Willem Dafoe. Call it. And then, uh, and then they're like, we got to get out of here. We got to get my fucking game console fixed. So they go across the countryside again. Now, yeah. hold on. Why exactly are they so um, desperate to get the game console fixed? So the reason is her whole video game, the new fantastic video game Existence that she has created that will be mind-blowing and change the world, the entire master copy is in her little game console pod. Let's unpack this for a moment. Antonio, Antonio, Apparently, Antenna Studios. If you are... Um, like, if you enter the game, if you get plugged in or whatever, yeah. and have kind of like a panic attack or freak out, you can kind of like short circuit and blow the whole situation, right? Because it's like a living thing. So this woman basically has the only copy of her game in her game console, knowing the risk of plugging in to someone that's been hesitant about getting installed with a bio port, port in the first place. Right. Put it in the fucking cloud, man. Get it. Get that shit on an external hard drive before you go doing that. What would the external hard drive look like? I wonder. I think Just that a ball they would sack? look like a. Um... I'm thinking ball sack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anywho, they go. Uh, they go to find the, her friend who is uh, who can fix her game console, and it's none other than uh, than Ian Holmes. No, oh. from Fifth Element in the Hobbit movies. Wait, B- Lord B- of the Ring trilogy. Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo. It was Bilbo from the Lord of the Rings. And here's what else happens, okay? He has like a Russian name in this movie. A terrible, un- undecipherable accent. Okay. They have a Russian name. Mm-hmm. Um, there's parts in which his accent kind of sounds French. Right. There's times when they use, I want to say, Hungarian language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's all like I'm just like what the f-? like it's a mishmash. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what accent is that? It, I mean, it, it, is it you know uh, uh, French? Is it Hungarian? Is it Chechenian? Is it Japanese? You, you don't know, right? And that's the thing. Like the, all these things are like clues. So okay, let me cut back to another one of my favorite scenes, and this is one scene that's always stood out to me just for its shocking weirdness. Um, old Jude Law, like he's he's having a discussion with uh, with Jennifer Jason Lee about. You know, well, it doesn't make sense. This this bioport was why doesn't it get infected? Like you're putting it directly in it's an opening that goes directly in your body. I mean, I put WD forty on it. How come it's not being infected? Right. Yet? And she's like in her response, she looks at him, smiles, and opens her mouth ah, and sticks her tongue out a little creepily mm-hmm. and then closes it and says nothing else about it. Right. And just moves on. Like, hey, what about your mouth? Right. And that's what she was saying. But it's such a fucking weird scene. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird to watch. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is fucking off. This is just bizarre. You know what this is? This is a great intro movie for people. If you want to show someone that doesn't generally watch weird movies, this is a good like uh, gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great gateway drug. You know what I mean? Because it's not. It's played pretty conventionally, right? But the little things about it and the whole concept in general is so fucking like crazy and weird. It's so fucking weird. But it's still digestible, right? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so uh, they go and they meet up with Ian Holm and him and his uh, his his weird uh, indescript uh, accented compatriot. They're gonna fix her uh, her thing. They're gonna fix her game console. So what they do is they put it on an operating table and start doing surgery on it. 
And I mean, it's like a legit surgery scene. Like they have this thing cut open. There's blood everywhere. Look, I need to interject. This movie has some great fucking gore. As it should. It's Cronenberg. It, it's Cronenberg. And it's all like a lot of his like weird animal gore, weird freak creature gore, weird like a lot of like game console bio gore. I don't know if this was. This is how I interpreted this motif. Mm-hmm. Of like the amphibians everywhere and the frogs. It's the weird about, two-headed fucking yeah, friendly lizard. It's all about metamorphosis. Now, the two-headed lizard, I interpreted as like the duality of like your reality and then your uh, your virtual reality. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, And then when Bobby. they kill it, they fuse it together to make that fucking dragon bone gun, yeah. which ultimately kills you. We'll get, yeah. Shit's deep, dog. I, I think you might be reading a little bit more into that. No, that's it. Okay, whatever you say, Bobby. Whatever you say, buddy, that's fine. So they go to Ian home, and then they stay, cut open the thing, and they fix a bio thing. And so now it's time for them to play the game. So finally, because she's, again, she's a junkie to this thing. She's like, we got to plug in, and we got to play it and go into existence. So she gets Jude Law implanted. She, she licks the thing. First, she sticks her finger in his new butthole. She's like, it's excited. I just need some action. He's like, what if I don't want action? God damn it. It's so good. It's so creepy. And so she plugs him in. And then Jude Law's sitting there on the, on the, cou- on the bed in this, this room. And all of a sudden, he looks up. And there's like a weird staircase. And there's somebody walking down. Mm-hmm. And they're in a whole other world. Yep. They're in the world of existence, which is in, it's non-differential from the real world. It just seems like the real fucking world. It seems well. It, it gets a little bit weirder. I think, maybe not. Well, I mean, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it because, like, it seems like it it ticks down a layer in the next world it of does, like reality. Yeah, yeah, it does get a little a little weirder looking. Uh, just slightly, yeah, though. yeah. And then the guy that walks up to them starts talking in some other bizarre accent. Yes, and then gives them a a, a mission they have to accomplish. And, you know, at one point they're like talking to him and they start talking amongst each other. And he's just sitting there with his head bobbing while they're talking like he's in like a game loop or something. Right. Until they say his name and say the line they're supposed to say. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. And she's like, well, there's going to be things that you do and say that you don't want to. It's just your game character has to do. Right. Your character takes over your real self. Even though you're conscious in the game, you have to play as your character right, as well. Right, And so, and that's so brilliant. It's like that new Jumanji movie. <laughs> yeah, Jumanji is the, they, they stole it from Existence. Yeah. Fuckers. So uh, they go on this mission to go to the, the trout farm after a really creepily awkward sex scene, which was great. Hey, it was awkward, but I'll say it, man. Cronenberg can direct a sex scene. He, he can. Remember the uh, staircase scene in A History of Violence? Yes, I think about with it's the like, cheerleader outfit. God damn, this is hot. And it's hot as shit. But it's like tasteful. It's it's creepy. It's like uncomfortably tasteful, like sex. It's uncomfortably tasteful. Just like sex. It's like like real life sex. Or just like this show, uncomfortably tasteful. <laughs> it should be like this show. It's not for everyone. So uh, they're in the game world. They go to this trout farm, and there's some other guy with an intelligible accent who starts giving them missions on what they need to do, talking about how the video game consoles are made by these mutated amphibians that they use the organs for, and they just harvest their organs yes. to make video games. And they're like, hey... You need to go to the Chinese restaurant and order a special. So they go to this Chinese restaurant. Am I, am I jumping over stuff? I know I'm jumping no, over. No, you're stuff. good. Oh, oh, oh. The scene in there, which was brilliant, is when uh, what? No, no. Okay. When they when when it, it's on Jude Law, like it starts in the trap farm on Jude Law, and he's talking to some weird dude, and then he goes and finds her, and he starts talking to her, and they're having a conversation, and she says something, and he just keeps talking. And then she's just sitting there looking at him, and she says the same line again. like Right, the characters start to glitch out. Like, waiting for you to give them the prompt. And you're thinking, like, wait, is she a game character or is she a real person? I thought she was a real person, too. It's quite the mind 
blower. It's a, such a mind blower. So they go to this Chinese restaurant uh-huh. and they order the special and the Chinese waiter is like the greatest Chinese waiter caricature ever. It's it's fucking brilliant. Right. And they order the special and they had to say some special shit to get the special and they start eating the food and it's just nasty amphibiated mutated things. And Jude Law starts eating. He's like, I can't help eating it. It's disgusting, but I have to do it. I thought that was just actual Chinese food. <laughs> it was like General So's fucking shrimp. Um, so he eats it, and as he's eating it, he's pulling the bones out and starts putting it together, and it's turning into a bone gun, the same bone gun that was used at the beginning of the movie to shoot Allegra Killer. Correct. And so then he pulls out fake teeth he didn't know he had because the teeth are the bullets. The teeth are the fucking bullets. So he can get through security. And he almost kills Allegra. He starts to kill Allegra, and he's like, I need to kill somebody else. So he shoots the Chinese waiter in the face. God, is fucking brilliant. And in true video game fashion, mm-hmm. he shoots him dead in public in the face, and like no one really reacts. They all stare. They just kind of stare and then go back to what they were doing. He's like, hey, we had some dispute over the check, and nobody paid attention. Uh, enjoy your meals. And everybody just turns around and keeps going what they're doing. It's just like watching a fucking video game in film form. It's great. It's great. I mean, is there any need to keep going with the, the plot? No, we don't. Because you, you, the whole movie is just a fucking game and a game and a game and a game. Because from there on out, it's spoilers. And I think we've hit on all the major points. With what we've told them now, you can still watch the movie and be like, what the fuck? When you get to the end. Right. And I will say this. like, If you've never seen this movie and you just listened to us describe it, it wouldn't surprise me. It's like, are they, are they making this up? <laughs> like, is this real? I'm like, I wish I had the imagination to make this up. I don't know if any of this is real This right is now, a Bobby. real film. I don't know if we're even really sitting here talking. That's a good point, too. That was the thing, too. When he unplugged from the game, he couldn't tell the difference between reality and the game. What's real and what's not. Yes. And I'm really. Really? Really? I mean, really? What's real? I don't know. I don't fucking know. This shit is going to happen on some level, some form. It's on the way. This is 1999. We already have virtual reality games you can play in your home. Yep. You can watch VR 3D porn right now. Mm-hmm. Can't you, Bobby? I don't know. <laughs> so it's just a matter you of time can? before you have the feelies. The feels? I don't know. What was that? What they call it? In the... That's a band. Yeah. That's not the band I was talking about. I think I was talking about 1984. Oh. Um, Brave New World. I don't know. Something like that. I'm not really versed in literature. Literature. So yeah, uh, people, David Cronenberg is a fucking genius. Watch The Fly. Watch Videodrome. Watch fucking Existence. I've never once... I've, I haven't seen all of Cronenberg's film, but I've never watched seen one where I was like, that was not good. Right. At the very least, I was like, yeah, that was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Right? The Fly is like what The Thing is t- as far as remakes go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John, John yeah. Carpenter's The Thing. Easily. That was like the other great remake. Kurt Russell. And, of course, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The, yes. Uh, what's his name? The guy that did Rage of the Lost Ark. Did he do that? Right. Steven Spielberg? No, 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 no. What am I thinking of? Fucking Philip movie. Kaufman directed Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, really? That's what I was thinking. Okay, of. so there is a connection there. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, if you've never watched a Cronenberg film, Scanners. W- yeah. What would I mean? What? Let's just talk Cronenberg for a minute. Okay. Because we got a little time. Right. If If someone out there has never seen a Cronenberg film, what would be a good intro film? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I would say maybe The Fly, because The Fly is the most known one. That's his hit. Right. That's his hit, you know? That's his, uh, that's his Janie's Got a Gun. Right. It's, it, it easily is. The Fly, I mean, 
there's things like Crash, which is a great fucking not bizarre. the Academy Award winning Crash. No, 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 no. The one about the uh, the weird sec- people that are having uh, sexual fixations on car wrecks. Yes, I mean the guy has made a ton of movies. You know, Naked Lunch is a good one. There's so many good ones. Video. I would probably say, and I mean, you 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 talked to me. I right? think Videodrome's a bit much too weird for people that aren't already familiar with Cronenberg to see. What I'd say is. Maybe watch this or The Fly first. Watch Existence or The Fly first. Right. See what you think about it, and then graduate to Scanners and Videodrome and The Brood after that. The Brood's fantastic. It's I mean, weird, though. I haven't seen The Brood in a long time. Um, and then his... Rabbit. Do you remember Rabbit? Yes. And then his the, less... Um, needles out of their armpits? His less horror movies are things like A History of Violence and Eastern Promises, more crime drama, yeah. uh, but still very melodramatic. And, I saw one called Spider that Bill showed me, mm-hmm. and it's this really weird... Like, it's about a guy... I think it's Chris Frecklison. Yeah, it was the it was the, uh, the the doctor, the ninth doctor. Yeah. Uh, and, and he He's like a schizophrenic or something, and like half the movie, you don't know whether it's happening now or in his past. It's a really fucked up movie. It's it's kind of hard to decipher. Like, right. existence is easier to decipher. Well, I existence, I kind of, or Cronenberg in general, I kind of stopped paying attention to for the most part when he started to do, even though I liked him, when he started to do less horror stuff, like right. Eastern Promises and A History of Violence, even though I like those movies, I wasn't like, he wasn't so much on my radar anymore, regardless. It wasn't weird sci-fi body horror. Exactly. But now that I've seen Existence and that's kind of of that era, it's like late 90s, mm-hmm. like I'm way more curious to go dig into his his other stuff. I mean, I I'm looking seen. here on IMDb and there's a lot of movies I haven't seen, like recent movies, Map to the Stars, Cosmopolis, A Dangerous Method. Um, these are all after Eastern Promises that I've never even watched. Right. So I need to get into those. But like 80s and 90s fucking... It's amazing. Right. It's a fucking... I mean, again, I can't talk shit about his new stuff. One of the great auteurs, he's... Altered States? He's he's probably second, equal or at least second to me next to Carpenter. Dead Ringers? That's a bold statement, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Cronenberg's up there. You know what else Cronenberg did? He was the main bad guy in Nightbreed. Yes. And I was. I always loved Night, Nightbreed. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> and the fact that that guy, when I found out when I was a kid that that was the director of The Fly and shit, I was like, holy shit, this guy's a badass. Here's how great Cronenberg is, uh-huh. and Carpenter for that matter. Uh-huh. Fred Decker references both of them in uh, Night of the Creeps. You gotta be good if you're getting reference in that. Night of the Creeps came out when, like, Carpenter and Cronenberg were like they were legit already. They were there. They were in their prime. Right. Yeah. That would be like I don't know, like uh, uh, Venice Denise Villanova, like referencing like Christopher Nolan or something like that, right. like of that the same era. Yeah. 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 Or it's yeah. like when the birds covered uh, Bob Dylan. That yeah. kind of thing. There's oh, not... I thought we were talking Hitchcock for a second. No, 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 no. The it. band, the birds. <laughs> no, I but that the whole thing. We're like, oh my god, you're like homaging someone so great of that era. It's not even like time has made them a legend. It's like, right. this guy's fucking awesome. He Cronenberg, baby. Cronenberg. I mean, I've been saying forever we need to watch Cronenberg movies. I'm very excited. And again, I apologize, Adam. I apologize immensely uh-huh. for not listening to your input on creative control. Next time I recommend some, don't be such a bitch. You just got a raise in creative control. Uh, did I? Yeah. Wow. You just got a promotion. <laughs> Fuck you, Bobby. <laughs> what the shit? Oh, thanks. I got a promotion on my own podcast. I get to pick a movie every once in a while now and then. So what's going on this month? We don't have a name for it, really. But Adam recommends a movie that I've never seen, and I recommend a movie that Adam's never seen. The and first one was me recommending Existence to Bobby. And it was a winner. It was and a hit. I'm not going to tell you what next week's is, but a lot of people haven't seen this one, and I highly recommend it. What you need to, what you need to, to focus on, people, other than our podcast, we got some stuff coming up. We got some events on the calendar. 
We got this big show in Austin, Texas on March 23rd where, where Bobby's band Strange Gun and Adam's band Trump Card are playing together at Kick Butt Coffee Cafe. Whatever. Is it the 23rd? I think so. It's going to be us. It's going to be you. It's going to be Worm Suicide and a band called The Fixations. Yeah, Friday, March 23rd. Who are great. The Fixations are a fantastic, just dirty punk band, dirty rock and roll punk band. It's kind of like Strange Gun. It's yeah. along the, y'all, you two are great on the same bill together. What I also really want to plug is what I'm doing next Sunday. There's a thing in Austin called Dave TV on public access. You can look it up on YouTube. And on if you look up Dave TV on YouTube, this guy, Dave, every week, Dave Pruitt, he records a local band, their whole set, and puts it online for the world to see. So starting February 11th, I believe, there's going to be an entire full Trump card live set professionally recorded on YouTube for anyone out there to watch. So if you want to see me be a clown, dressed like a Nazi, dancing around and shaking my junk, you should watch it. When's that releasing? The 11th, I believe. I think it goes out the same day. I think he records it for the show, the TV and then uh, records it online the whole time. Well, that's very exciting. Very exciting stuff, Bobby. So don't forget to t- check out Pillager Productions yeah, uh, Beard Oil. from our. From we were going to plug you, but you didn't give us anything to plug you with. We'll have more details on that next time. Come on, Archangel. Use promo code Bearded Douche. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. That'll I'm just work. kidding. I'm just kidding. There is no promo code. <laughs> no promo. You're not going to get any discounts. No, I'm just kidding. I have a beard. You have a beard. Uh-huh. Everyone has beards. We had a we had a conversation, Gabe and I. Um, he was saying, "Hey, you know," I was like, "Hey, dude, comp me some beard oil because I'm I'm shameless like that. I'll ask for free stuff. Right, it works." And uh, he was like, well, do you want like a wood like, or like a citrus scent? And I was like, do you got ham? And he's like, no, you idiot. There's no pig scented fucking beard oil. I think there might be now. And I'm like, you need to work on that. And then he texts me back and said, I found some special pig grease that's good for your hair. And I was like, make it happen. I want to smell like a pig. I want to smell like bacon. You don't have to put that grease in to make nah, it happen. No, I don't want to smell like a live pig. I want to smell like a dead, like perfectly cooked pig. Mm. You know what I mean? I want to smell like a delicious meal. So you're going to smell like uh, pork rinds or cracklins, as they call them in Louisiana. (laughs) Exactly. A deep fried pigskin man. Dude, now I want some cracklins. I got some in the car. Do you? Yeah. You really have cracklins? I always have cracklins in my car. (laughs) When I leave, I'm taking those with me. It's a southern thing. It's a southern thing. If you come on out here down south, you see them cracklins big. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Pinball Bobby. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Not For Everyone Podcast. And you can follow Adam on Instagram at Von Orange 13. We also have a Facebook page, but we don't really pay attention to it. It's on there. I think that more of our friends are on Instagram anyway. Yeah. They like us on the gram of Insta. Yes. Um, so, yeah, March 23rd. Uh huh. Strange Gut and uh, Trump Card. Trump Card. The Fixations of Warm Suicide. At, Great show. At Kick Butt Cafe. Kick Butt Cafe. In Austin. In Austin. But I think that that about wraps it up. Did you want to ramble on and on so I can yeah, you Yeah, out? so we're playing. Trump Card's playing next week at a bar and grill at 9 o'clock at night. And uh, we're a really offensive show. So I'm really excited because I think people are going to be there like having meals with their families. Like they want to get a nice light enchilada dinner or like lasagna. And then there's like us.